it was the guests that, that really get, get you through it. And that's why I always tell people like, you have to find people that you truly connect with. That's when the podcast started clicking as far as guests and monetizing and that stuff. Are you not getting the downloads you desire? Unsure about how to promote your podcast effectively or struggling to monetize your work? Well, you've just found the resource you need. Hi, and welcome to Mike's to Millions, the podcast that brings you exclusive in-depth conversations with top tier hosts in the health and wellness industry to help you grow your podcast. I'm your host, Sam Breakgear, co-founder of Podwritten, a podcast booking agency for health and wellness businesses. In every episode, we dive deep into what it really takes to get more podcast listeners, successfully promote your show and monetize your work. Remember, if you like the show, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us grow, and in doing so, we can continue to offer you valuable insights and podcast growth tips. Now, let's get into it. My guest today is the host of Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the true exploration of your mind and body to become your true self. The aim of the podcast is to share and serve valuable knowledge that will bring your life to a new awareness through modern psychology, practical wisdom, and physiology. Scott has a variety of guests he interviews from scientists to psychologists and fitness enthusiasts, to name a few. The show receives roughly 55,000 downloads a month, and it's been running since 2019. He holds a bachelor's degree in accounting from St. John's University, alongside an MBA from the same university with an emphasis on accounting. He enjoys traveling, performing stand-up comedy, and podcasting to connect with human beings on a personal level and expand his mind. Scott Gazzoli, welcome to the show. My man, Sam, you're the big answers. How are you doing, my man? Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here on the, on the new the new venture. Mm-hmm. What's up? Yeah, indeed. It's, it's wonderful to chat with you today because obviously we've known each other for so long um, and I've known about your podcast for a while, but really today I get to dissect how it all came together and I want to start off by saying that I know one of the things that helped contribute to you creating causing the effect was a psilocybin mushroom trip. Can you take us back to that moment and how what happened? What was that experience and how did it lead to causing the effect? Oh, absolutely. So what happened for me, everyone in my material world has always become pretty easy for me. You know, I got the good degrees. I did the corporate world, finance, hedge funds, blah, 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 run an advisory firm, work for billionaires, all this great stuff on paper. Um, But I feel like uh, a lot of people who are a little bit more conscientious than others really want more. And um, I was coming out of a tough divorce at that point. And I said, I'm not going to go backwards and waste time. I really want to to figure out more of an artistic venture of what that is. So I'm lucky enough to have um, eight guy cousins that I really consider my brothers. Mm-hmm. And we have a house that our uncle left us, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful place mm-hmm. for us to get away. When I think of the Poconos, I think family, I think nature, I think it, it's our it's our go-to. We're sitting up there. We, ha- we got some Zeppelin playing. Everybody is like, screw it. Let's all do it. Like This will be an experience. So we all take them. And was one of the nicest experiences I've ever had. And the second I started doing it, I swear to you, Sammy, it was starts this conversation with me, whoever it is. I personally think, you know, it's just the other part of your brain, your unconscious, whatever it is. And it was just like, this is what you've been preparing for. Like, like you're here finally, like where, where you been? And you start having these conversations with yourself of, of the hard questions of, you know, what do you want to do? What do you think you want to do? And the the two things that kept popping up were stand up comedy and podcasting. And I'm sitting there going, I, 
it's literally telling me this. I'm like, I know you're so right, but I just can't do it. And it's like, no, you, you're, you're doing this and you, you know why, you know, this is the path out of that experience. I told myself I'm, I'm going to, to give everything I have to, to both of those ventures to, to at least explore them and see what it was because there was so much fear, fear involved with things that, that give you meaning, right? Um, on the stage fright or this or that anxiety with judgment and podcasting and this and that. And it's become like such a part of me that I love what podcasting brought out of me and who that person became. And even these answers were right in front of me and I, I needed to go down that path to really see what they had. And it's been, it's been beautiful, honestly. Yeah, you have definitely had some amazing people on your show and some some very enlightening conversations. I can imagine it has had a profound impact on you. What was your relationship with podcasting before this experience? Was it a case that you had never really had any interest in podcasting? It just literally came out the blue? Or was this something that you kind of been sitting on maybe in the back of your mind and then this psilocybin trip really just pushed it to the front? So... I, I remember the first podcast I ever watched, June 2015. My friend turns on this show, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? These guys talking? And it was it was Rogan talking with Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson. Funny enough, I actually got to meet Randall from being on the biggest podcast in Canada, uh, which is a whole nother story. Uh, but that was like my, my all come around. But that, I was very much into just Rogan and going deep into that. Right after I took the, the psilocybin trip and the podcast came up, obviously you kind of venture out into all the multiple and I would say a little bit more educational and useful podcasts. So, Okay, cool. So you had this, this desire, this fire ignited in you. And I know that you created the podcast in May 2019. What did that first year of podcasting look like for you? That first year was... That is the unsung hero year. That was like, what the hell am I doing? How does this work? This is not going to, you know, nobody's going to listen, blah, 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 blah. That's like the, the toughest year of podcasting is the, the first year because you have no guests, you have no name to your, to deal with. And it's, it's scary, honestly, because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know the direction. I, and even I look at that now, like there really is no direction on a podcast that to, to become popular. It's just kind of do it your own way. But it was it was still very exciting because you're still getting your feet wet. Like that's when I met you, Sam. So you got to meet all these people. And I honestly, the truth was like, it, like you're not going to really have viewership unless you're you're a big name in life or a famous person. Uh, it was the guests that that really get get you through it. And that's why I always tell people like, you have to find people that you truly connect with. That's when the podcast started clicking as far as guests and monetizing, and that stuff. When when I just started like kind of throwing the book out. Cause I, I look at it like everything else in life that like, you really have to spend the first six months to a year working on the craft of, okay, how, what, what, what is everybody kind of saying? What does the book say? The book was saying, you know, get sort of big names so you can kind of monetize their audience and get people from their thing and get, you know, all, all the, the usual shtick, do it two, three times a week, have good logos, have this uh, market, do all that jazz. I was constant. I've been constantly growing, thank God, since 2019, but it just wasn't exponentializing the way I, I really wanted it to. And that didn't start until, you know, shout out to Kesa Karen. And she was a super big influencer that did right by us that really put us on the map. But it was kind of a, a everything happened at once between doing that and just talking to people that I really felt like, okay, screw with how many followers they have, this or that. Like, switched it from, oh, I'm here to talk and be like, I want to be like this guy or that guy. And just be like, how can I 
have the most authentic conversations that add value to people's lives. That's when everything kind of started clicking. And I would say that was May 2019, probably August 2020, like over over a year of uh, of really grind. That that is awesome because I feel that your show you you can tell that you are so interested in the people that you go after, and it is wonderful that you also use your show as like a tool for connecting with people that you genuinely want to have some sort of a I suppose a conversation with and that's obviously how we met I know that we use one of those podcast matchmaking sites and um, I know you've been on some podcasts previously you've done some guesting but what would you say are some of the most successful steps you've taken to promote causing the effect the number one thing to be honest throw away everything else everybody says get on other people's shows and Doing that is different than, you know, having a schedule and doing five in a day and just ripping through it. I'm not saying do it just to do it. I'm saying like, do your homework with these people, become a part of the show. I was, and this is something I'm not even doing it now, Sam, because that's why I'm not at this, this big growing stage. Cause I was doing that for, for literally for two years, I was going on every week. It was produce two shows and get on two shows. So you're doing four podcasts a week of two, just getting yourself onto somebody else's show. And what people would say is if Scott, if I'm starting, how am I going to get on a big podcast? A, you, you don't need to get on a big podcast. B, if you get on a podcast that has 10 people and that's 10 potential listeners for your show, mm-hmm. 10 more that you had, that's the way you have to look at it mm-hmm. because the, the, the barrier to entrance that people forget with, oh, I'm just going to throw money. And again, I made, made that mistake. I'm going to throw money on Instagram. Nobody, some people on Instagram aren't listening to podcasts. It's just, you're, you're going to hit the, you're already hitting a market of people that aren't, there's no chance. It's a zero cent return. If you get on other people's shows, you already have people that are, that are listening. They're people that are open to podcasting. And when I really went on that grind, that with the mix of I did get lucky there with a couple of, I, I got invited onto a couple of good shows, but that whole process of crafting and going after that kind of marketing yourself, that was the biggest, the by far the, the most tremendous to, to what got me to, to be as half successful as I am today. That's awesome to hear because it really resonates with, and it's in line with my own experiences. It's one of the things I'm super passionate about are helping the people that we work with get on shows. And that's one, one like our bread and butter of what we do at Pod Written helping our clients get on shows so they can amplify their message but i'm curious to know in your case you were mentioning that you, you said that obviously you did two, two shows a week and then you guested on two shows how were you able to guest on these shows like how did you manage to reach out and get yourselves these guest spots yeah um so me and you hooked up using i don't even remember the name but they shut down uh you remember yeah Sam? i think it might have been audrey yeah that was it it, it was it was it was audrey it was definitely Audrey. I would say find one. Of the, you have to find one of those websites when you're when you're starting off. And I'm giving you guys the the first year here when you're literally nobody. Like I still remember my first guest, and I still talk to him. And literally, it's so interesting. He has like um, Mar- Martin Hewlett. He has a, a hypnotherapy podcast that that helped me get through some things in my life. That now he's like a super big big deal on the the hypnotherapy scene. And he he was just so gracious enough to to come on mine. But there's these websites where you're going to get on other people's shows. But then getting out there on um, on Instagram, too, really gave me a better sense of like seeing what a person was, what they were about. And I think that is a if you want to make it more, uh, let's say, efficient to get a flavor of, well, 
am I going to fit with this person A and B? Is their audience going to drive with what my values are as well? That and LinkedIn for me. And and to preface that, I spend my entire career, the last 10 years on LinkedIn on the business side. So it's always easy for me to kind of move through LinkedIn, but crafting a really understanding uh, marketing message was like all I do in every asset of my life, whether I'm sending it to a billionaire for my day job. Now I send it to a podcaster or whether I'm sending it to a guest or send it to a girl on freaking hinge or the app. It's like, Oh, my life is to send those messages. And that has been the honestly, Sam, that's, that, that's been like the, the one part of my life that I'm just so grateful that it, that piece, I put so much time into the psychology of what I'm trying to say, not being manipulative or deceitful, just having a catchy opener. If you ask somebody to be on a podcast, like I, I never wanted to feel like I was just trying to take from somebody. So I would just say, you know, I'm more than happy to have you on uh, to, for, to come on your show or do some promoting or something. And, you know, I think if you Google that stuff, I think usually that's what people would say now, but like genuinely that's always how I've been. And I think that's, part of what made people successful is the mix of, of, of the, the, the reciprocity, but also like doing your homework and, and like not just showing up to the show and just like, Oh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what you do. Like I always took the extra step to, uh, to, to really do my research. Cause if somebody's taking the time, whether they have, they have nobody or the biggest show, I don't care. I want to, I want to jump in. Um, that's part of the issue with podcasting is most of the time people spend that first 10, 15 minutes giving the intro and like, I never do that on my show. And I don't, I don't have to, I, I try to tell, like, uh, let the guests do whatever, but uh, let the person run the show, do whatever they want. But I, I always told them, like, you don't have to let people get to know me because like, you can kind of layer your story and getting them to know you throughout and just jumping right into a certain topic. And that could be another piece we could talk about, Sam, because that's the way I kind of, uh, another way that I tried to, to make my show different was like, I listened to a lot of these shows similar to me and I'm like, all right, this is. You know, I mean, hey, it's me. I'm the freaking show, and I, I'm, you know, I got the, the, I got it. But you know, it was. I always felt it, they start off a little mundane, and removing that that first ten minutes of of mundaneness and just jumping into like a really hard hitting question or something of that of that level. You have to not only do your diligence, but you also have to have, to have some sort of rapport with the person before you just jump on. Yeah, I think that's a really smart way of approaching it because also if everyone approaches it the same way and they have the same kind of like introduction, then you're going to get the same kind of response. And you can sometimes hear that from some guests, like you listen to one podcast and it's almost like a carbon copy because they just spell out the same things. They talk about the same things. So I think that's a really smart approach. And I also really like what you said about never really underestimating how valuable a podcast appearance can be regardless of its size. Because like you said, I really love your perspective of thinking like that's 10 new listeners. Uh, and also another thing that's important to consider, a lot of these conversations we have are evergreen. So it means that a show could possibly blow up. Like, yeah, maybe it's got 10 listeners now, but who knows? Like in a year from now, it could have like 100,000 listeners. And then your little episode that you did is now it exploded. And also there's so much importance of like focusing in on your niche. A lot of the time when we get clients that come to us, they always want to be on the biggest shows. And it's great being on those big shows, certainly. But if you have a niche, it's way better to jump in and just like dive into and speak to, even if they got 100 listeners, but there are 100 listeners that are exactly looking for what you're offering and what you're offering is very unique. That's that's also really smart to go after. So I think there's a lot of uh, logic in what, what you said there. Yeah, and even to get a little deep, like on the 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 person with with ten, right? There's this the story of of like paying it back almost, and not only paying it back of like you want to help and guide the the younger audience, but like 
not even if the episode becomes big, but like, what if that person is like an incredible human being in person? They get to have the relationship like me and you have now, Sam. Like, who cares about the the, the value for other people if you're going to be able to help this person like create a whole nother like a really wonderful relationship in your real life too? Um, so I, I just never judged any anything to be too big or too small and. I, I would say the other thing that people have to think about is like, what do you really want out of podcasting? And I, just think about this one, anything like, what do you really want? And and for me, I would say like, let's start with comedy first. Like I didn't realize that a, I was getting a little too influenced by the Rogan podcast and B, you know, that there's parts of, of things that, you know, you think you're doing it for a certain reason when in reality, you just want fame or you just want this. You just want that. Like podcasting, some people do it for that. Like, luckily I know I've, I've been doing this. I could do this for the rest of my life. It's not for fame. <laughs> you know, it's nothing to do with that. You have to really understand, like, if you're trying to, to become famous, like go on TikTok or something like it's not going to be what you think it is if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And and that that can go for anything that I just wanted to say that because that's the, that's the most upsetting thing is when you put in your time, your effort, you go 100%, which is all hard enough to do. And then you think you're going to come out of it feeling a certain way. And then you have to realize shit. That's, and that's what I did with comedy. Cause it was, I, I think there's a path there with, with what I did. I, I understand now. And even going through this part of my life of how important that the word of mouth is for me and how important the freedom of mouth is and how important telling the truth is it's because that's getting lost in today's day and age. And that's why, I think comedy opened up a door for me of like, if we're playing a game, it opened up this branch of public speaking and potentially, well, yes, I'm going to tell you that I, I need to go out there and speak more in public because there, there's something with connecting with human beings on that level, just not about not, not being the monkey and making people laugh, but like having a conversation like this and just, you know, not talking to people, Sam, like just, I, I'm not saying do the, do the, you know, the whole Tony Robbins thing. It's just something, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Some sort of oration that I know. Yeah. Real connecting though, but not this bullshit, Sam. Cause I see people and I go and I'm like, everybody's out here trying to tell people the same shit. I'm saying like, just have an open conversation with, with, with a guy like yourself or men like yourself or people like, like us that just like could talk about life. You know what I mean? I, I absolutely do. And I also love what you said about paying it forward because obviously this podcast that I'm that we're on we're speaking on right now it's brand new and i've reached out to a number of hosts and i have some kind of like connections with them maybe some of them i don't have like such a strong connection with others that i do have a stronger connection with and initially when i was sending out all of these pitches to say hey i'm starting my own show i really didn't expect to hear back from anyone and i'm reaching out to lots of people and they've got big shows and and i just expected to just get a lot of silence but you know what lots of people way more people than I thought responded and said they'd like to be on and one of them and his show is one of the, the biggest so far that I've um, had on this podcast and he said yeah the fact that you're just starting out is one of the reasons why I wanted to come on like I, I like looking like helping the little guy out sort of thing so you have no idea how much it's going to impact the other person and just make their day or make them smile and you're going to leave like such a lasting impression on them if you do pay it forward and you go onto someone's show, it, it really means a lot to them more than you might know, probably. Yeah. And I think this, that's the, the piece that like you, you lose sight of that of, of, cause you get so caught up in the numbers and like, mm. if you do a podcast and you affect one, like you actually change a person. Like I was like, so upset when I had, I had what uh, a thousand people. It's like, dude, there's a thousand people listening to what you're saying. Are you out of your mind? Like, that's crazy. Like, if you have 20 people listening, like every single one 
matters. And the, the more that you engage with them, that that's what people, you know, people think, I just want to sit and talk to you and talk about and, and do the Jordan Peterson quote and drop this quote and look like I'm, I'm wise. Like, that's not what this is about. What you're trying to do is, is to help an individual at the most basic human level. And like how you said, it's to feel good, but just being there for a person. Like I, I had, I, I, I was so upset because I would only have one or two, you know, young men messaging me, asking me for questions. Like, who the fuck do I think I am? that that's not enough. That's, that's plenty. And now ever since you switch that and you start saying, well, how can I provide more of this to a person? Then that person tells their friends. And it's like, that's why you're here is, is to be a provider is to be a vessel to help others. Yeah, definitely. That's such a important motivation because it will keep you going through those difficult times as well. When you're feeling like, why am I doing this? It helps. It helps be your North Star. And on the topic of really connecting, I want to know, like, how do you source your guests for the show? So I am very, very picky with who I talk to. Just because I say, you know me, like, I'm a kid from Brooklyn. I have the bullshit meter higher than most. Um, and I really, like, with that diligence of, I want to feel like I know the person, like that same diligence goes into my, to my research of, of literally, and this is like across the board, even with like the clients I work with, the billionaires I work with, I'm not just taking a person just to take them. You have to have the same values that I have. And I would say there's a certain selliness that goes to some podcasts, which is fine. We're all here to, people are here at the end to, to sell something or do something, but like you have to be authentic in what you're saying and like have this this honesty about them. That's all I really cared about. That is the most important thing to me because if you hang out with those, like who you end up hanging out with in the podcasting world is very much like in life. You end up kind of taking on those, those things. And then maybe, you know, you're hanging with the person that's going to get the fake viewers or get the fake thing and this and that. And like, you don't want to go down that path. You want to do everything the right way because it's all going to pay off in the long run. I hope that answers it, Sam. That does. And I also want to know like what makes a memorable guest for you a memorable guest the the truth is like i find it so mind-blowing that people just want to come talk to me for an hour that i really try to appreciate all of them but for me there's a, there's a certain connection with a certain style of person that's really been through some shit that i have found myself crying in the middle of so many shows it's like what is what is going on here like how, how does this how does this happen that there's something about the ability to have a person's vulnerability open up to you and then have that you're having this moment with a person that is just so, you know, memorable to me that I, and I do find that that has come from the people that you really least expect it, honestly. And it, it's um like, did I, I don't think we spoke since then, um, but I had GSP's wrestling partner on the show. Shout out to Tom Murphy, who I'll, I'll connect you with after this. He's um, he was one of the guests on. He was awesome. And I'm sitting here like he was rid Sam ridiculous uh, ground game. So his story, born and raised in Philadelphia, went through some of the hardest, toughest things, homeless, this and that. And now fought in the UFC, did all this stuff. All he's trying to do is give back to, to the adolescent guys, because like it, you see where you end up trying to fill the void of what that person was missing as a kid. So Tom, for example, had that rough child and wants to give, wants to remove that from the kids suffering that are dealing with that now. And like, when you have something like that, particularly, you know, similar to my childhood, this and that, it just really hit with me. And, and those, the Hector Marcel's um, it's been, it's been beautiful, honestly. That's fantastic. And yeah, I know over the years that we've spoken, you, there are some people, and we've had previous podcast calls where we've talked in depth about your podcast. And I know that 
there are so many guests that have a, a true impact on you. I do want to pivot away slightly from talking about connections and more about the show itself in the sense that I know it's always been a passion project for you. Like when you started this, it was because it was like a calling within your soul that something that you wanted to do to fulfill, like um, to raise your spirit, raise your mind and all of that. But I am curious to know, like as the show grows, do you think that you or have you like looked or used it as a tool to bring in revenue or monetize it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I do think that uh, at least from what I've seen from feedback from people and this and that, that me not having an agenda is part of what makes me successful. Being like the real kid that's not going to give you any bullshit. That's been a big piece of mine. But with that being said, there's two ways that I monetize the podcast. There's a sponsorship route, which um, shout out to our sponsors, uh, Quantum Tech, Leela Quantum Tech, and then being able to really partner up with PR firms that like it came from ways that I didn't really expect. Like the sponsorships are the sponsorships. That's been the, the first way of doing it. But like these PR firms, they pay me to have exclusivity so they can have their guests just jump on and um, and come on. And I think, you know, we're probably making... I don't know, maybe three, four grand a month on sponsorships. It's become where it's nice to just have the opportunity to reinvest in certain techniques where I'm not really using it for anything. But eventually, you know, this is this is the issue. It's like if you keep going down this path, you keep growing, then the, the money will increase. And then you could potentially, you know, leave a job and do that full time and, and all that stuff. So yes, I have. And it's it's just really a nice way to to not only prove people wrong like hey idiots now i've been i remember when i was doing this the first two months i was doing it people were like what the hell are you doing you whack job and now it's like oh my god i listen to your podcast this and that and this and that um so it's it's nice to find that balance of regular classical sponsorship way but then like the pr firms came to me and i was like i don't really feel comfortable because i don't know how this works but like no 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 we really want to if it's okay with you so i should probably preface that with with sometimes people get emails from you know when you start growing and if your work is good and you're doing it the right way, then they'll send you guests. I ended up having eight or nine different PR firms partner up with me and each of them one by one, I guess maybe it's one of their tactics to do it. They just, they wanted to offer me a certain type of um, money to have each guest on ex exclusively uh, kind of, I guess, you know, quicker or this or that. And I'm more than happy to do that with certain, with certain firms that treat me right. So. Yeah. I mean, like if you're adding value to your, for your guests, then certainly you deserve to be paid for that. So I, I don't think there's any, any issue with with yeah you getting paid and even if you did start it as a passion project it's still a passion project and i can imagine and i know for a fact that you're going to be someone that like guards your show and even if someone's paying you it's still going to be someone that you that you vouch for and i want to ask you obviously mentioned that the pr firms they came to you but where did the regards to sponsors quantum tech did quantum tech come to you or did you reach out to them how did that first happen yeah, so so funny. So the CEO owner Philip Federing came on, and he was recommended by uh, one of the the PR firms. And I loved, I loved him. I loved his work. They they work upon technology and just sent me some cool stuff. And I said, listen, I I love this. Uh, I'm gonna keep talking about it on the show. If that's what he's like, yeah, I'll send you more stuff. And if you want, like, just fill out the form. We'll see if we can get people. And I started talking about it like for free. And then he was like, "Yo, people are really listening. Like, could we pay you?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." So that's just one that kind of back ended. But I've had um, Magic Mind has come on. The truth was like with them, everybody's come to me in some way, and that is part of the. I would say. You know, I'm probably not the best guy to ask for monetization because I definitely could probably make a lot of money and do all this stuff. I just don't really, 
I feel like in a world where everybody's trying, and I just said this the same before, it's about how I look at life. Like everybody's always out to try to get something. Like I like being the guy that's not out to get something. Like if you want to bring it to me and I like it, like that's, that's one thing, but like the magic mind people were great. Shout out to them. It just, I couldn't, I just didn't like it that much to be honest. With you. It just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. They were a little uh, too structured. So, and what advice would you have for anyone that's like looking to spark up a, a sponsorship? Obviously, they came to you and this kind of like materialized quite naturally. But if someone is thinking of starting a podcast and down, further down the line, they do want to develop a, a sponsorship or look to have that kind of relationship. Do you, is there anything you've learned from having this relationship, particularly with content tech, perhaps? Yeah. So I would say start with what you do like. And listen, it depends where you're at. If you're, if you're having a hundred to a hundred to a thousand followers, the chance of you getting sponsored or not that way, but at least starting a relationship with them and reaching out to, the, to, to their HR or to whoever's that the publicists are and having a conversation, just saying, listen, I really am behind the X product. Like I love, uh, I'm in, I'm in talks with some sort of, I don't want to give away too much because uh, this could be a big, a big thing here, but it's a, um, a protein, a protein cup. I, I just always drink the, Sam, the, the protein is phenomenal, whatever. And I've just been in talks with a PR firm and they were like, listen, you're not too big yet, but just stay in touch with us and like, let us know. And that is like, I, I know I'll have a sponsorship with them one day because at the end of the day, like, even if you have a person with 50,000, like, like for, for me speaking, eventually They'll come around and, you know, we'll work out something or, or something of that. So take what you naturally enjoy and do it. And then on the other end, I think that people put this thing in their brain with making money. Um, this is probably why a lot of people are poor, right? It's like, I, I, I don't deserve it or something like you deserve it. If you have people listening to your podcast, there is a sponsor for you. So forget liking something. If you really want to monetize a podcast, it's not as hard as you think. I think that's like a, it's a thing in people's head. Like there's websites you can find where they'll, they'll connect you with certain things similar to how I found Sam. It's not, you have to go over that hump of like, I don't have a podcast where I can monetize. Like, yeah, yeah you could. If you have 150 people listening to your podcast, you can, you can monetize it, honestly. Yeah. And I definitely think that finding your niche comes into that as well, because if you if you if you have a niche or you speak to a niche, then there'll be other people selling these kind of niche products and your audience will be very attracted to those sorts of things. So I, th I think you're absolutely right. And I do want to ask some more questions more towards the technical side. Where do you host Causing the Effect and why did you pick this platform specifically? Sure. Uh, Buzzsprout I use. Buzzsprout was at the time one of the I, I just did like a test of the different of the different hosting sites, Podbean and, and all those other ones. And the truth is I wanted to focus on not having to, to worry about the hosting website. Podcasting is difficult enough having to edit and do the, the audio. So I said, what is going to be the easiest, most efficient way that once I'm really polished with my episode, could I get it on and get it up? And that was really the, the whole gist of them. They've also actually, if, if people are, are, are thinking about this whole thing of how do I monetize, they actually do a nice little sponsorship partnership where they'll connect you with people on that level too. So I did like that to start. I tried it. It wasn't for me because it just didn't go kind of with my shtick. But um, for me, I really, I still use Buzzsprout. I'm not going anywhere. They're very affordable, uh, probably like 25 bucks a month for anything over like 10 hours of content uh, a week. And that, that's a lot of content. You're not gonna be doing that much, but um, you could start off lower as low as 12 bucks and, and go right up to, to, to 20, 30 bucks. So that's helpful to know. And what do you consider to be your greatest success in podcasting, Scott? So when, as you go through the process 
of of getting on shows and all this stuff. That's more what my focus was was spreading my word to, to more people. And there was like the the Joe Rogan podcast of Canada is a show called Grimerica. And it's these two brothers, Darren and Rob, and they've had they have over what seven, eight hundred episodes. They talked to a lot of people. They had, you know, eight to, to 12 million downloads, very much of like the Rogan of, of Canada. And I got on their show, which was, I would say, which at that point was like the biggest success of whatever. That was, that was just a big deal for me. Cause I was like, you know, this was cool that we did uh five hours in total, three hours on their filtered, and then another two hours on their unfiltered. And then they knew Randall Carlson, who I mentioned earlier this episode, who was the, the the geologist on on Rogan, they gave me his number. We got to chat and like having to speak to literally the person who who I saw on freaking I saw him on YouTube with six million you know people on and all this stuff. It was such a surreal experience just to 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 get an opportunity to talk to Randall and you know have that. And he will be coming on my show. Uh, later this year as well. So when that happens, that will probably be, be the biggest thing because it will be like that me and Rogan are on the same level in some weird form. Yeah, let me know when that show comes out and I'll, I'll take a listen to that. And I also want to know, we've talked about a lot of key elements here, such as like uh, consistency, obviously like putting your passion into the show, really doing your homework, promoting yourself by getting on other shows. Uh, but I want to know, in your opinion, what do you think it takes to create a successful podcast? You have to look at that word, right? Success. Again, I'm kind of giving the, this life, <laughs> this life advice, but you have to look at what success. How what, you have to define success to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have the north star to aim at, you're not going to know what you're doing. And I think setting some goals for yourself of what success is, whether it be monetary, whether it be non-monetary, whether it be viewership, whether it be non-viewership, set your your boundaries the way that you want. Mm-hmm. You have to do that on a month over month over quarter by quarter, year by year basis, because then you'll just float through space. And that, that's why you'll end up going the, a year without growing. Not saying that it's all about growth, but usually if success is involved, then there will have to be some sort of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be able to, to, you have to have the boundaries and the system in place so you know the game that you're playing. If you don't know the game you're playing, then what? Then there's there's you're not going to have any focus. So what I would say is have this overarching vision of what you'll do. You know, I think Sam read read mine in the beginning. It's just really to explore the mind, body, and spirit to really have that. Then you have to granularly have these goals that you want to hit, whether it be the viewership, whether it be I want to monetize in six months. But you have to hold yourself accountable to that. It's very easy to let everything pass by here because the podcast is only, this is why I love podcasting because it's on me and I'm, I'm a person who doesn't trust people. So this is why it's all on me, but I like it that way. Um, you have to hold yourself accountable and that's, that's difficult for some people to do, you know, with diets, with this and that, the most important thing to do is set them and then stick to them. And if it doesn't, okay, that's fine. Why, why not? What is good about it? Don't be too hard on yourself because this is not easy stuff you're doing and really move forward with that because as you set the goals, you'll you will shatter them if you're putting in the work. I guarantee that. Yeah, I think that you are evidence of that I've always really admired how this isn't your primary job. Like you have a full on day job and yet you have been so consistent with this passion project. And even now it's blossomed into something that is making you decent money. And yeah, I'm I'm so pleased to see how far you've come in the years that I've known you. And I think that the advice that you shared is, is yeah, if, if listeners go and replicate that, um, there's absolutely no reason why they can't achieve the same success that you've seen. 
And uh, I would highly recommend everyone go listen to Causing the Effect. Go follow it. Go leave a review. But Scott, if people are listening to this and they want to keep up with you personally, I know you've recently done a bit of a detox from uh, social media. What's their What's the best way for them to to keep up with you? Yeah, just uh, check out the the Instagram causing the effect podcast and the email. If you guys have any questions, um, I am backlogged. I'm getting through them. Causing the effect podcast at gmail.com. Really what, what I want to do is just be a vessel for you guys to really help and, and just be that that shoulder to lean on. If you guys need help, let me or Sam know because we're like Sam is one of the realest people I've met in my life. And I'm just grateful to have him. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the show. So whatever I can do to help you and whoever's starting more than happy to do so. Fantastic. Scott, thank you so much for your time today. As always, it is so wonderful chatting with you. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, you can find more helpful resources to grow your business with podcasting on our blog at podwritten.com and on Instagram at podwritten. You can also find a full transcript for this episode on our website, so be sure to visit podwritten.com or follow the links in the episode description. Until next time, stay healthy, happy, and successful.